Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 235 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we are getting ready for the North American UCI Cyclocross season. We're going to talk a little bit about GoCross and who's showing up there, and we're going to dive deep into this secret rider survey that Zach put out on the CX Hairs bulletin and what most of the top North American riders think of each other. After that, we head on over to Europe and get lost on a ton of different tangents. And I don't need to tell you that. You'll just listen to it in in about a minute. What I do need to tell you is that This podcast is on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. I say it every time. I hope some of you are taking that to heart and signing up and becoming a member and checking out the other shows. And it's getting to be that time when you need to subscribe to the CXR's Bulletin. The the survey that we talk about and we discuss it a little in this this show is is on the Bulletin. And that's the kind of information you need. Uh, Not to, you know pump up our own thing but i think we're doing a pretty good job of covering cyclocross in north america i dare say maybe even better than anyone else and if you want to know what's going on go to cxairs.substack.com you can sign up for free but then if you want to support us and help us continue to do the coverage that you expect and pay for some of the expenses that we incur going to races you can subscribe and it's $8 a month to subscribe or $70 a year. And we would love to have your support with the CXR's bulletin. And that again, it's, it supports myself and Zach and the expenses we incur. But the more subscribers we get, the more it allows us to go out and hire other people like some of your favorite photographers or other projects that we want to pursue and you can help us fund those by joining and subscribing to that newsletter. All right. It's episode 235 of Cyclocross Radio. We're talking cyclocross in North America with Zach and with Michael. And we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit, and we're back talking about North American cyclocross before we get started. Also back is Michael. (laughs) So, Michael, it's been a while. How's it going? Bill, I'm ready to go cross. See, that's the name of the race coming up this week. Go cross. I'm ready to go. Wait, Bill, I got a question for you, Zach, too. What's better than GoCross? What is better than GoCross, <laughs> Michael? Finish cross. Not start cross? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, wait, I forgot. It was going to be stop cross. That's what it was. <laughs> wait, stop? No, we don't want to stop cross. We haven't even started yet. That was that would be that amazing. My... That would be amazing, though, if if uh, somebody did like a a post nationals race and it was end cross. Who's gonna do end? Maybe like bend. Bend can do end cross. So you can have like go cross 
Or yeah, stop cross. I think stop cross would be good there. Let's let's do that. Let's get somebody to to start a race. Zach, promote a race. It's gonna be stop cross. You can do it wherever you want. Do it in do it in February in Minneapolis. Woof. Well, I will say, I mean, there is an opening because there was the the news that the uh, the what used to be the Sudal Masters, the the event that existed. I, I feel bad for uh, Tom Mayusin. I really do. Uh, they took away his event. He was Mr. Bunny Hop. It was the end of the year party. It's over. They've acknowledged that no one wants to do psych. <laughs> you know what? I think they listened to the media pit. I think they realized that, like, you know, that just no one no one cares by the end of February. Hang on, you're you're. Europe is becoming a uh, master cyclocross where they're just done in November. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not quite, but, but they got, they got rid of <laughs> European, European, European cyclocross is, is now a cat three crit racer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and- so, European cyclocross didn't want to invest in a long sleeve skin suit. <laughs> Guys, they just they just got rid of one Thursday night like event. Like it's not like they're they're ending. I mean, it'll still go on till like early March or whatever. Zach, uh, I'm sure. I'm running with it. No okay. stopping this train now. All right. Okay. Uh, I do have to say, though, and so I, maybe we can just uh, get to the, the racing. Michael, I have to say, you know, you asked last time what, what form you're on. I, I have to say that it, it's really good for you that we don't have a situation like our cyclocross racers are facing uh, here where basically because of the way the UCI is doing the points that they're all just going to be they have go cross is the only event to score points because I uh, just wasn't feeling the, the pun game. I, didn't, I, I feel like you can do better. Look, I that was my really poor attempt at trying to make a Norm Macdonald esque joke. Both of those, I felt and, it. And okay, I'm glad you felt it because I understand they weren't good. But I, I was inspired. I was going to say, you know, I walked into a bank and there was a toad trying to get a loan, but I didn't, I didn't know how to finish that one <laughs> off. So um, yeah. So but Zach, I appreciate you keeping me honest, and uh, hopefully after this weekend, I'll have some better puns. Michael, I will say this. I'm I'm looking forward to what puns turn up the rest of the season. <laughs> That's good. I was going to use that as well, but I forgot. Yeah. Better than puns. <laughs> so cyclocross. Uh we've got a race. Pretty exciting. So, uh, you know, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. I think, you know, kind of the the first story here, though, um, we kind of covered it at the bulletin. Uh, but for our listeners, it's kind of what's going on with the UCI points. So do one of you guys want to try? I mean, I feel like normally in a normal year to explain how UCI points work, you need a, like a, a doctorate in cyclocross. And I feel like this year is just even worse. Uh, can one of you guys explain it? <laughs> well, it started that there was a clearly defined ruling all points disappeared except for the world championships that is what the uci deemed so it meant that you know it, i think it was uh, a couple of months ago that what was going to happen on the men's side let's say for the for us i, I think it was at go cross it would have been like Curtis, and then everybody else was going to be picked out of a hat. It was like that. 
I'm sorry to do this, Zach. I, you're giving me a hard time, but I'm just I'm going right in. It was the race, I believe, I forget which F1 race it was, where Lewis Hamilton was the only one who started on the grid, and then everybody else started in the pits because they all wanted to change tires or something. So it was just like one guy on the grid, and then everybody else had to wait. That's what it would have looked like. What season of Drive to Survive was that? It'll be the next one. It was this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I only watched uh, F1 on Netflix. Yeah. No, I would like everybody else. That's the way to do it. The, the races are boring. <laughs> Bill, so, I'll, have you, I'll have you know that I just finished season one today. Oh, So Zach. I am all the way up through 2018. So I, I, I am not seeing this analogy yet, but I'm... I'm on. I'm. I'm doing it while I'm on the trainer. Two episodes a night. I'm gonna be done in like two weeks because there's only there's only done episodes per season and uh, training seasons upon us. So you've met Danny. Yeah. 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 All right. So getting getting back into this. So th- that was what we knew was gonna happen. And and like our our friend and sometimes colleague Aunt, uh, Drew Giuliano wrote this article for Cycling News. This editorial saying that this was a horrible idea and this was really bad for people who had worked really hard to get UCI points in the past and you know you had uh, stronger riders who raced and spent money to race and deserved to be higher up in the rankings and higher up in the grid and the UCI just wiped all of that out. So I don't know if that's what precipitated this change, but then about a month or so ago, and this is this is the part that just we'll even get to what it means, but this is the part that pissed me off was that the UCI now is is making rules and policy and changes to to procedures that affect everyone and cost money in a newsletter from the president of the UCI. It's like, hey, the tomatoes are looking great. You've had some some nice days in Switzerland, and oh, by the way, we're going to change how we're doing points this year. In a newsletter, the only place they were able to do these policy changes was in the newsletter. Like it's beyond, like their computers don't do it or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a logical reason. I'm not sure what it is. So we have to all subscribe now, if we like to follow these things in the media, to the president's newsletter, which I have now signed up for. I'm sure, I don't know if Zach, if you did as well, but. We, we will now know these things happening because newsletters is where you get your information, which is a great lead into why you should subscribe <laughs> to the bulletin because now we have moved up with our newsletter to the esteemed level of, of UCI decision-making. All that to say is they decided now to go back to 2019 points, but only up until the Thursday after GoCross. So the money thing was there were people who were like, Go Cross is important, but it's like I'm gonna might start at the back there and then I might get some points, I might not, and then I go to Rochester. Now it's like I have all my points. I can be at the front, I can get a head start and get a good finish, and then you know, be closer to the front at Rochester and Charm City when there might be some Euros there, and this all will affect if I'm gonna get chosen for the World Cups and everything else. So that's I don't know if that makes sense, but that's basically it. Basically, everybody got their points back for Go Cross and for this race that just the turnip cross that just happened. They all had their points there. And then next late next week, they're they're getting wiped out again, except for anything that you have gotten in the past two weeks. 
Oh, I did not realize they brought back the 2019 points. So thank you for explaining that to one of the, the hosts of the show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought this was a terrible policy when they announced the first one, right? With the the world just worlds counting. I mean, the idea I think we've seen it where races, unfortunately, thanks to cross results proliferating, but there's been big events that do re, uh, staging by order of registration, and you know, it's there's a skill level gap. Like part of it is safety. Like for the riders uh, at the front, you know, they earned it. Riders are better. And, you know, look at any big field, you just see massive pileups midfield. And I, I, for me, it was like the idea of thinking of like, you know, Stephen Hyde or Kerry Werner being stuck in the last row while Curtis is on the front row because he happened to, to race worlds just seemed to me to be really uh, unfair. But, you know, with this new policy, I, I'm guessing that it affected some riders decision to race there because, you know, it was... Typically, you've got like, you know, Carrie will do it. Becca's done it. Carolyn Mani, Sonny. You know, we see these riders consistently who have done this opening weekend. But, you know, with Rochester the next weekend, you didn't really have to race. And that's going into the US, USCX series, which is the kind of the big deal, the C1s. You know, I think a lot of people probably made the decision like, hey, I got to do an extra trip now because, I mean... It affects everything. Like you start, I mean, you know, we all say like, oh, if you can ride up. And I think first three rows, you'll be fine. But if you get random drawn onto like row eight, you're hosed. Well, I mean, just I want to point out there was, there's 46 signed up for go cross. So that's five rows. Also, I mean, I, I guess Clara, I guess Clara race world. So she has those points. Magali Rochette not signed up but she raced world so she has points okay so i guess it makes sense like they didn't have to go to go cross just just for those counting at home zach and i both held up six fingers to to michael to indicate six rows and not five but well no uh, guys 5.7 five five and three quarters rows <laughs> yes it's six wait how many seven. riders I, is it yeah okay <laughs> uh, that's not how it works michael you can't round a rider a rider down <laughs> by the time they start squeezing into the gaps at the back rows you know it's all it's gonna be three rows it's good <laughs> so the other thing this affects though and I, that i think is worth talking about is the world cups you know i think these world cups in the u.s typically we get like 75 spots uh in these races i mean it's really like 16 but you know racing in that is a, a major part of riders seasons i mean there's just so much attention on it and getting these spots and so you know, we have this situation where I guess based on what we've heard, Bill, that it's going to be based on UCI points through Charm City, which is like, and, and the selection is on a Tuesday. Like, it's gonna, the UCI points don't come out until Tuesday. Riders are not going to know until Tuesday but before a Sunday race if they're, you know, selected for the World Cup team. But here's my thing. So, like, we know that Chris Blevins is racing at Charm City. He's going to have a terrible call-up position. I mean, we know he's good, but like the, we saw with like Logan Owen in Arkansas, started like last row, he finished like 6th or 7th, right? Like he was able to work his way up. But then are, are there contingencies for riders that like it's a very small number of races. Like yeah. is are there are there contingencies cuz like the idea that like let's say Chris Blevins doesn't have as many points, but like 
I'm putting Chris Blevins on my World Cup team if he wants to race the World Cups. I don't care. You know, like, I just feel like there's just so much going on here in these first three weeks related to, like, UCI points. Well, I think that's the that's one of the reasons that the you know, we, we will talk. We like to talk about World Cup and World's criteria. And it, a lot of times it's laughable because our federation sets up this unreasonable criteria for most of the athletes, right? You know, you have somebody like Clara who made the criteria. It's pretty amazing. Go Clara. You know, she got onto a World Cup podium. Most everyone else isn't doing that. But what that allows is we drop down into the more, I know they don't like calling it subjective, but we all know it's subjective decision-making in, in those bottom picks. So yeah, you can have an argument, but at the same time, it's sort of worked into the criteria that somebody like Blevins, assuming he does okay, is, is going to, to get that slot. I think that, you know, assuming he doesn't just end up 30th, I think that's going to happen. And in a race like Charm City, the way it's set up is it's pretty wide open racing for a good portion of the, of the lap. So yeah, he's assuming he doesn't get caught behind a crash. Like you were saying, Zach, he should be okay. Two things. Blev's short track world champion. He can get around things fast. Second, he's a Trinity. So Tom Pitcock started. We saw Tom Pitcock this summer in mountain biking move from eighth row to like front of the pack. So, you know, he's he's got the whole Pitters vibe. It's I believe we, it no problem for, for Blevins. We saw Luke Lamperti, who I'm <laughs> sure no one knew was even in the race, end up winning a crit national championship. So that Trinity, you know, they got that that cloaking technology. They're able to just appear at the right time. So I I think it's important to notice that Luke to 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 make note that Luke Lamparty is at your actual pro crit champion. I just want to I want to I have to note this on all the shows that I'm on <laughs> that Luke is the actual pro crit champion because it's important to note that. Okay, go on. Sorry. Don't Cross. start bringing your beefs over to the cyclocross <laughs> world. Yeah, we've got some. We're, we're going to start our own beef here <laughs> later in the show. So. <laughs> Keep your beefs on other 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 disciplines. <laughs> so, I mean, I think like this is going to create, I mean, this is what we were expecting. You know, I think last year we were talking about how this is kind of like the time for American cyclocross uh, with, the, you know, the focus on this. We're going to have the series. We're going to have the broadcasts. Uh, but here's the, do you guys know anything about this series? And do we have to do some like journalism Yes. To figure out what's going on. I mean, it's like this huge series that everyone knows is starting and it starts, I mean, as we're recording this in less than two weeks and no one knows anything about it, but it's supposed to be the thing that saves American cyclocross. Well, they did one, they did one thing that no one else has been able to do before this. They got on what can be considered the major network of, of cycling. So I think that, yes, if you go to their website, which still looks like it was made in the 1990s, I'm sorry, John Meehan, along with the rest of your Jingle Cross websites, and there's nothing there. It, it, says, it tells us to check back June 5th for the technical guide for right. the series. It's still not there. We don't know. And I, I think if this were any other situation, we'd be like... Great, another one of these. We've seen this before. But that we have the whole world able 
to check in and watch these races and getting a little bit of a behind the scenes. I have, I've talked to the, the, the person who's, who's directing the broadcast for this. It's, it's the same person who did nationals for, for years. I mean, you can, whatever you want to say about the nationals broadcast, it was a professional broadcast and it is going to be that level. It's not, you know, it's not going to be a cut rate broadcast it's a it's a full-on truck it's a with um fiber optic connections multiple cameras scaffolding you know drone coverage you're getting it all with that alone you've raised the bar above what we've seen since you know like what we were talking about in the green room since the time that behind the barriers attempted to live stream the whole pro cx series with mixed results. I, I, I think just having it four weekends, I think that is going to elevate those races and just the the eyeballs and 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 what people see from US Cyclocross. And I'm hoping we'll we'll do it in a good light. You know, you were you were talking about crit beef, Michael. I think we can compare I I, I don't want to crap on it, but I was hoping for more from USA crits and their coverage. You know, it was the type of thing we were like, Oh cool. It's free this year. Let's all tune in. And you know, we had like <laughs> one weekend that was pretty decent as far as the broadcast goes. And the others were, they were, they were kind of a struggle to watch and you really had to be, be committed. And I'm hoping that that's not the case, that it's not just people that are committed. It's people that can check in and say, Hey, this looks really good. Well, let's not bury the lead. It's on GCN. Yes. Just in case folks know, and there was a pretty good podcast. Well, the only sort of press I've seen about this was a podcast that Curtis White did. So kudos to Curtis White for getting John Meehan and Scott Page on his show. And they kind of break down what's going to happen with the series. And they mentioned a lot of like, yeah, they, they mentioned that it's the, the, an actual legit live streamer. And then like a lot of money invested in the camera equipment. So yeah, and that's, that's kind of what their, their, their line of reasoning is right now and and i think that we should maybe give them the benefit of the doubt at least for one season is that they had a lot of upfront costs in building out the infrastructure to put on this broadcast and that's where they've invested all of their money this is going to sound like a bullshit statement i'm just telling you what i've been told for this and that's why they're not including extra prize money for people who race and yeah, that's that's unfortunate, but at the same time, I think that we've seen situations in U.S. cyclocross where riders have have forfeited payouts for more coverage. That that was what happened in the Pro CX years ago. We had that discussion after nationals in Asheville with rider representatives. There, we were like, "Look, we will hire this PR firm." that will come in and send out press releases and send out photos after the races, but we're going to take away the ten dollars or $15,000 in prize money for the Pro CX. And the rider said, cool, that means more to us than you know making a couple hundred dollars at a race. That means more to our sponsors. So I think if we go by that same, and, and again, you can say that either failed or succeeded. Zach was <laughs> very much in... In the end, on that when 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 it was what was happening, and and we were getting fed this information from every race. Again, sometimes it was good, sometimes it it, it lacked a little bit. But that's that's what they they gave up, and I think that's what maybe we 
give them this one year to figure it out and see what happens. And if it's successful, they can get those sponsors, then then they can provide prize money. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I think you make a great point, and I just I'll bring it back to this this uh, drive to survive F one that we're watching. I mean, I've you know we talk about live streams, Bill. We talk about like how we can we can make the sport more popular, but the reality is like people want to watch the sport. Like, you know, and uh, I look back at like the series in 2017, the one that was going to save us and they didn't have as much money, but, you know, they more or less paid Velo News to cover their series. And, you know, as much as it pains me as a as a print journalist <laughs> uh, to, to, to admit that, you know, you just you can't sustain interest, you can't build interest if people cannot cannot watch it, you know, and I think, you know, look at like Drive to Survive, the reason you know, you're even getting interest in, you know, the, the midfield, I guess, is our new term. But like they spent probably like millions of dollars on on producing this show. And you can see that and they're getting a payoff where people are t- saying it's the greatest thing ever. And so, yeah, I think you are right. You know, I'm saying that there hasn't been a media push. And maybe we can talk uh, in a little bit, too, about the changing landscape of American cyclocross media, because we are, well, we're basically it at this point. But you know, uh, having that video, maybe you don't need to like do good and doing rider profiles or even really, you know, finding a way to let people know what's going on with your series because you have the video and that's really the product that matters. And, you know, if I was a rider, I would absolutely, unfortunately say like, like this is essential, like this needs to succeed. And I will say like, go, I mean, I hate to like be like do advertising but for like go pay gcn the 50 dollars. like this is so essential that they see value in doing this like please go pay the 50 dollars. you also get to watch bike racing you don't have to go on twitter bitching about how you can't get a free live stream <laughs> like but like it's just so essential that this succeeds like this is a great opportunity uh go show them it's worth it Right. I mean, if we get the coverage that we get on GCN all year and it's the coverage at these four weekends in America, it's going to be fantastic. And it's just going to be such a boon. And uh, I'm I'm like, I just I need to finally figure out how to get GCN on my laptop. Can't Wait, watch well, everything you just on my phone. T- what? what? I'm GCN Plus. Like, type in your password and then you watch no, it. It's it great. It's work. a hook. I've I've tried. I cannot get it on my laptop. I have to cast from my phone. It's. Did anyway. you Did you sign up through Apple? Yes. Cancel. Okay. Seriously, okay. Uh, this is a tip no. for everyone out there. Cancel. Don't sign up through Apple. Sign up through the web, through the okay. GCN site. And then you'll have access on on the website. That's super easy. Yep. Done. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Oh You're my welcome. God. What? Jesus. <laughs> I looked at their fact. There was this whole like list of instructions of what you had to do. It was Byzantine. It was bizarre. And okay, cancel. There we go. Done. And then resubscribe. Yes. So then part of this, you know, I, I think it's this is the media pit. Uh, I mean to to not to, to not beat around the bush. Somehow I, I murdered cyclocross magazine by leaving. And I don't think we necessarily have, uh, we don't, we don't necessarily have that website to count on. We can't necessarily, you know, our velo news and cycling tips and cycling news going to cover the series. I don't know. You know, it seems like they've spent their money on, on 
the uh, the production and the cameras and the stream. And so they don't necessarily have to, because it seems like a lot of cases for domestic cyclocross, you kind of have to like pay some of these, these places to, to actually cover it. So, I mean, it's, it's different. It's you're, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to like brag, but like there's the bulletin and there's this podcast and like, what other sources of like cyclocross media are, are we going to get this year? I, I, I don't know. And I, I can tell you that, uh, I'm working with most of these races and they are, I am doing some additional media for them. So I think that they see value in, in working with wide angle podium and, and the CXR's bulletin and that that's become something, you know, not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to, that has become an asset and especially with the, you know, the video content on top of that. So I, I, I'm sure that those other uh, outlets will will want to cover it. I here's the thing: the the USCX. We'll see who's really covering cyclocross after that, because that's very right. easy to cover. Just in the same way, it's very easy for us to cover European cyclocross right. when it's on TV. You know, you can you can analyze a race when it's on TV. Can you analyze the other fourteen races that are not on TV? And that's that's where it that's where I think that we will hopefully add some value that other outlets aren't. And, you know, I, th- I think that e- even some of the bigger medias like Cycling Tips has has kind of shown that they, you know, don't really care about cyclocross or like it. Uh, maybe that'll change. Maybe that's just certain editorial voices within within that organization. But that's 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 kind of the vibe you get. It seems to be there. <laughs> They're um, they're 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 poking fun uh, discipline. So, well, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, I am number one, the worst person at selling myself in anything. But like the biggest thing about the the bulletin and this podcast is like we give a shit. Like we we live, we breathe, we love cyclocross, and I I think it comes across in our coverage. I mean, you know, you get the the depth uh, that you're not gonna not gonna get elsewhere. So I think you know. Uh, I'm glad we do this. I mean, if I was a a consumer, I would be very happy that there's people who care uh, and who are interested in telling these stories and, and care about this uh, because you know, it's, it's, it's something that we all, we all like, and it's, it's good that at least someone cares. For instance, Zach, you went, and since we have this relationship with North American cyclocross and went out and decided to actually ask those involved a a brilliant journalistic decision to ask those involved in the sport who they thought was going to be the the best coming into the season and much, and a lot of other questions you asked you you did this uh, brilliant anonymous survey of top North American riders and uh let's uh let's go through some of the results the 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 first result that I would just want to say and this has to go has to go with you is that what I loved uh on social media today after you released this was the kind of outcry and outrage and bullying of you for all of these picks that you made and both of us having to go on like just the messenger here they they sort of didn't understand that this was uh this wasn't coming from you this was this was coming from the 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 racing community it's funny that you mentioned that it's like this is something that i thought about uh so when i was at cyclocross magazine like i could i can categorically if the 
if it, something comes up, I can go back in my mind and be like, I wrote a story about that and be like, here's the story that I wrote. And I, I, I quickly learned, actually it took me way longer than I thought, but I just assumed people were aware of all content <laughs> that Zach produced and people have like the memory of a gnat. Uh, so I, I did do my own rankings. You know, we did the way too early, uh, North American top eight riders or whatever it was. And I think even, even I was texting with Michael Vandenham and even he was like, I, the way he worded it, he knew what it was. He participated. Um, but the way he worded it was like saying me. And I was like, dude, I ranked you higher than this. I was like, I sent it to him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I was like, it was like poor wording, but I thought that was, that was really funny. Yeah. We're, uh, it wasn't us. These were, you know, the, the selection of people who respond. To be perfectly honest, I've been struggling with, uh, how, how to, reconfigure the algorithm with the little information we have to do the heat check and 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 so it's it's been a bit of a struggle to get it out there but it's going to be really interesting to see how those rankings uh match up with what the riders came up with and then down the line see uh see who has better results see who's better at uh at figuring out talent the the actual talent or or the outsiders I feel like people usually they they talk themselves down and they talk others up higher. I love my little bulletin uh, emails in the morning, uh, Zach. And speaking of rankings, I wanted to look at the cross results predictor for Go Cross in the men's race. Who is predicted number one? Who do you guys think is predicted number one? I I I, I already cheated, so I know Zach. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I think the I would guess Curtis, but I, I don't think it is. How does this happen? Do like some do, do road <laughs> results like kind of like seep over or mountain bike results or something? Zach, to give you a hint, he's out. He was spending the summer jumping off rocks. He's, he's out, out there here doing off. things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, you know, it's funny. Like Lance actually just followed the bulletin on Instagram today, so he is going to get. And he's going to learn that we just, we're always talking about what Lance is out here doing. And Michael, Lancey Pants, out here pulling down the number one ranking heading into yeah. the first race. But, got, love to see it. I'm, I, I can't wait until um, some of the other racers see that. And uh, so that, that's, that they, he, was, he was pulled at, what, fourth power rankings, uh, fourth in the men's rankings. So to see him on the, the, the race predictor as one is, is pretty great. So there's, uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I think there's a lot from the men, uh, especially, I think that was interesting. I mean, in the responses for the women, I noted that there was no coherence. It was like, everyone was kind of all over the place. I don't think there were too many surprises, uh, in terms of where, uh, people, uh, were ranked, but like, let's, let's do the thing. I mean, Michael Vandenham, like he went on Instagram stories. Like I can tell you, he, he texted, he was pissed, <laughs> which I love. Uh, he was not happy. And he was like, how long before, how long before I go on social media to post about this? And I was like, oh, you should probably give it a little bit and cool down a little bit. So it's giving him a little media training on the fly, but like ranks <laughs> like ninth pulling down like one vote for fifth. Like, we're talking three-time Canadian champ. We're talking second place at uh, you know 2018 Pan Ams, and he listed off other accomplishments. And then I pointed out like Jen Jackson just totally canceled uh, from the women, folks. It's on. I, and I've been I've been wanting this. I think that there's the potential for this. Canada, America, it's on. You know, sometimes we joke about 
the uh, Europeans coming over and really not uh, understanding the size of North America when they're making plans and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're in Florida and uh, we'll just drive to Vegas because that's the next day and it won't be that bad. It's like Europe. You know, what <laughs> What can it be? Like eight hours at the most? Uh, Jen, did you see Jen Jackson w- wanted to race go-cross, but she's currently in snowshoe getting ready for the cross-country race and she thought, and to be perfectly honest, as the crow flies, it wouldn't be so bad. She could go and race It'd be crazy, but she could race short track on Friday, race Saturday, go cross, and then be there for the cross country mountain bike world cup on Sunday. And she's like looking at it. It's like, you know, it's like a hundred and some miles, but it's half of it is through the mountains. So it, it's like a four hour drive and it's a, it's not, you know, it's not an easy drive to, to get from, from Roanoke to, to snowshoe, but man, I wish she that would be the that would be the new Jen Jackson would be the new prime time if she yes. if she were to pull that off. So Jen, oh if you're God. listening, there's there's your there's your incentive. You can you can steal the prime time moniker if you're able to do short track cyclocross XC in a weekend. In in two different states. I was chatting with her and I she I said she should wear baggies at the at the World Cup, and she would be a legend in my book if she did that. And but no, Bill, I think this would make her new legend status. Would be to race. She could still uh, she books. could still wear baggies for all of them, right? And a Hawaiian shirt, amazing. Yeah. They'd be like gravel. So yeah, so we have the uh, we have the beef. I I found that that was that was kind of interesting, and I appreciate Michael. You know, and I think uh, to go back to something that I wrote back in the this the that the. Uh, CX Harris days back when things were getting started for me on this, this journey uh, that, you know, really that riders are here to, to they need to be entertaining uh, and that, you know, to, to make things interesting. And it was interesting. He's like, no, no, this is an entertainment business. Like, and he gets on, and I, I appreciate that about Michael that he kind of gets it that, you know, that he, that it is entertainment business. And I think, uh, we do have uh, the potential for some some beefing and some rivalries and you know some stuff behind the scene that we're seeing with like uh, again I'm doing it now drive to survive like people who hate like legitimately don't like each other and are open about it but like these guys are friends but like they can jokingly we can find ways to make more things more interesting so I like that the season hasn't even started yet and he's he's jumping on that 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 bandwagon no we got some we got some good characters we got the CrossFit Canadian in uh Van and Ham he's gonna just come in here yoked we got (laughs) the the bird watching philosopher king up there in Massachusetts oh my god yes Stephen Hyde is, he has been philosophizing on Instagram a lot lately. And I'm, can we just talk, this is, I don't know if this is even on track, but I want to talk about the fact that um, Stephen Hyde's back at it, racing again. Good to see, excited. Um, We had a race last weekend. It was Hydrocross, where both Stephen Hyde and Kurt, I saw a photo of Curtis and Stephen going at it. Check the results later. Neither of them won the race. Um, Some some kid named Finnegan O'Connor, I believe. Won the race, so I just want to know, like, when is he making his debut on the the CX Heat Check? Hopefully next week. Do we know him? Do no. we, what's the story, Zach? Do you? I I mean, I I went on cross results, and there was there was nothing that like stood out. Like there, I mean, 
I, if he's listening, I'm sorry. Like I just, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to believe. I'm ready to to be shocked. I'm ready to him to be a breakout rider. But there was like no results there where you're like, oh, you know, not like oh he's a mountain bike stud or oh he's like you know U23 crit national champion or something. I didn't see anything like that. So getting back to to, to Hyde, I found his place interesting. Um, I think the riders, you know, I think for Lance, he's kind of been at that cusp. I, I would say I think he finished fifth at Lakewood Nationals but you you know you're looking at like you were looking at like Hyde, Hecht, White and Werner and then there was there's this little bit of drop off to Lance and I think for him he wants to be entering that conversation to be in the mix with you know with that 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 group of riders and so kind of interesting that his peers respected him that much and I was kind of surprised I mean I I I don't you know, with Lance coming as, as the best technical rider, I guess I would have thought like Hyde would have been my pick. So kind of interesting that he he cleaned up on best technical rider. Who's who's the top rider that's not a W or H on the men's side? I'm putting Vanden Ham as an whoa. H too. Uh, oh man, um, Werner Hyde hate it. Hecht. Yeah. So who was who 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 came in next? Was it like I don't remember? I didn't going down. Do you guys have it in front of you? I, I, I'm sure Brunner. Brunner. Brunner is definitely one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Brunner is Brunner is the uh, non H or W <laughs> at six. Moving over to the women's rankings, peer reviewed rankings. We got Clara leading the way with Magli in second, and Becca coming in third. Zach. When when you got these responses, what what stuck out to you? What was what was notable in those rankings? So Katie Keo though, so I, that was uh, you know I mean she had a rough she had a rough campaign uh, in Europe. So I think uh, you know it's interesting, and I I hope that I think we all hope that what she has said is going to be her her last season that she is back on form and mixing it up. So I'm glad to see that vote of confidence that you know people were ranking her uh, so highly. And also, if you're Bill for your heat check, she uh, back home to her roots. So I think there's a little bit, maybe that good home cooking cleaned up. One of the two elite races, uh, the opening weekend of the Trek Wisconsin cyclocross series. So uh, interesting that she ended up racing a couple years ago. She prepared for the Jingle Cross uh, World Cup that she won by racing the men. So she she lined up. It was really funny. There was a picture from the race she did. <laughs> there's like all of the dudes, and then there's just Katie Keo uh, hanging out there on the the front row. And she did. Uh, she went like, finished like sixth or seventh in that race. So against the elite men. Um, but yeah, so that's how she's getting ready. I don't know how that'll factor into the uh, the heat check algorithm. What else? What else do you want to touch on on the uh, on your survey? Uh, I guess the other, you know, uh, another interesting thing that um, our colleague on the other media pit, the summer media pit, uh, Elizabeth brought up uh, three women going to track as the uh, their top event. I don't think it's ever going to win. No offense. I mean, the track folks do have done everything they could with that little parcel of property, but it's never going to it's never going to be a jingle cross in terms of best course. But uh, she had suggested that perhaps it was, you know, when they basically pushed the UCI to do equal payouts for, for women. I mean, they were the ones who started it. And I, I admit, I don't, I mean, it's great for the women, I guess for me, it's just, it's happened so quickly that it's not even a thing anymore. It's like that it's happened that you almost forget, but I, it sounds like the women haven't. So 
Uh, and that makes sense. You know, um, I think that they're the ones involved and I guess, you know, maybe we have a, a little bit of blinders since it doesn't affect us directly. I mean, yeah, but the equal payout's nice, but like they have the secret bar, man. So like, <laughs> how can you not vote that number one? Well, and that's where I went. I mean, it is a great event. Like Trek has done like a great job. Like that is an event that people look forward to. Uh, so, you know, and they've done a great job fostering that event vibe. It's very European in that sense, right? Like where basically European races are excused to have like all night raves and eat frites in a field. So, um, you know, uh, really neat. Not surprising that Jingle uh, did so well. Uh, I guess the other the other takeaway I mean, I like to play it up, but you know, the true existential question of the universe, you're either a Wout person, you're a Matt Shu person and, and, and you talk to any group and it's going to be split, right? Like, I just feel like any, right. We did that, that pit with, um, that episode was super rookie last year. And I think we were split two two. you just find a group of people involved in cycling and they're going to be split down the middle. And this was like, statistically speaking, eight to seven, right down the middle. But as always guys. Machu takes it by one vote. <laughs> <laughs> Always got a one up wow. I mean, yeah, no, I think that's it's like almost like the shopping cart test, right? Like it's really is like a indicator of your personality, maybe. Um, I don't know. Wait, what's the shopping cart test? I don't I don't know what this is. The, whether or not you return your shopping cart to the corral or you leave it by your car, um, which is says I've funny enough heard I've heard a bunch of people who worked at grocery stores said they preferred that you don't take it to the corral because it gave them something to do where they could get out of the store and grab all the carts. I don't know, whatever. Maybe it's not quite the same uh, parallel to if you like Wow or, or Matthew, but uh, well, so here's the thing. Like, I don't think I, you know, I look at like whomever a person may have as their favorite rider. I don't. I've never been able to say it's it's this or that or this affects your personality or something. It's just this really interesting question that for whatever reason you're a fan of one or the other. And I would not argue that there's some sort of even though, you know, we could make jokes about Super Rookie Tim being on Team Metu and then we could make fun of him like we always do. But I'm not going to do that. Like, I just don't I haven't I, I don't think it's to the same extent that like the shopping cart test is right. Like, are you an asshole or are you not an asshole? Yeah, I was going to ask like, who's who, Michael. obviously if you're bringing the card to the corral you're a team player and you're wout team wout um and if you are doing you know you're sending your cart and seeing if you can nail it between uh two suburbans down the far side of the parking lot and then leaving it you're match you because you're in for the flare you do the bull tricks you know like that's you ride it out and uh drop it big so yeah that's, Dude, you played not. that so well. That was well done. I <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that was well done. I can can I say I I honestly couldn't choose. Like I, I know I know for the for the sake of that that podcast we did that I was I was going to argue against the two of you and and go go Vanderpool, but I don't know. I I I don't. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a personality flaw. I don't. I like them both. I don't think it's a I mean I like them both too, right? But like I think there's you all like here's how Harold I mean there was a UCI cross race in Europe and I kind of didn't care. I mean I kind of cared. I checked the results, watched a little bit. 
But what I more cared about was, wow, racing the Tour of Britain and winning another stage and then winning the overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that was just my segue to Europe Cross. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but in the in the same sense, were you just as intrigued by Machu coming back from this back injury and and entering a road race as well? I mean, it just seems like it's those guys, isn't it? I mean, that's like it's not like it's not like Vanderpool was in that cross race. I mean, he was doing his own. Right, like, cool right. thing. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good analogy. And I was less interested in, in Vanderpool. Actually, I mean, I was interested because I do think that uh, this might be a bigger issue for him. And I'm a little bit worried about Matthew. And I I, I like I like him as a, as a cyclist. And I want him to be at all the races and to see him having back issues and then having to, like, skip some races and then doing this sort of Belgian gravelly race and say, like, yeah, I won, <laughs> but my back still hurts. Um, it makes me a little scared for the rest of the season and, and for what that means for his cross season. Well, we know it's not going to start for a while. So that's at least, right. at least we have that going for them. I was, I was checking, grab my phone here. Cause I, uh, if we do want to talk about Eurocross a little bit, I did message the Powell saws and bingo team to, I was like, Hey, yo, what's up sausage? How's it going? What y'all doing for the United States? You gonna come play in our backyard or what's going on? And uh, they haven't responded yet. So, but I have a so, feeling they're gonna be here. And my question—I don't know—we're we're, kind of going. It's good that we don't have an itinerary or an agenda for these shows because this way we don't have to not follow it. But I what's what I do want to talk about a little bit if we're gonna talk about European cross. Zach, is are we going to see another year? Is this like is cyclocross Groundhog Day? Or are we going to see Ely Ezerbeat be the king of cyclocross for the first month? I thought you were going to uh, put me on the spot and be like, "Is he going to? Is he going to? Is this the year? <laughs> is this the year is this he's the not year? going to fade after all the big hitters come?" Well, right. Is this the year that he makes the leap and joins the uh, three-headed uh, upper echelon, the toppers, as it were, instead of um, you know being a topper for the first two months and then getting relegated to uh, sub-topper status? I don't know. I mean, he looked really good. Um, you know, he looked strong. I think you know he he won going away, and I think it's here's my concern. Uh, I mean, I think yes. I think that he is going to dominate. Uh, it looks like. I, I guess my concern is like we're kind of to make for the men to make the beginning of the season interesting. We're counting on Tone Arts to kind of be his foil, right? Like at least to some extent, the the sauces versus the um, the lions provide some level of of interest. I, as much as we love Lars Vanderhaar, he had a nice second, but he started. He just doesn't have like Lars Vanderhaar does not have. The way Alias the Bit was riding, like he was just he was ripping. Like he was he was in his own, like he was on great form and riding well. So to 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 throw this back, uh Michael, also on the road, I mean, is are we concerned about tone and is Tebow our hope? Is he what we got from the lot? Is is that's so you know, it's really interesting that, you know, yeah, he Tebow, wow. I'm just, I'm thinking of him, the debut of his new Euro 
bro. Under 23 <laughs> kit. That, wow. Uh, it's not leaving anything out there. Um, Giving Lars Vanderhaar a run for his money on this team. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, Zach, because we saw Tebow last year and granted he's young and he's, he's still developing. He, you know, I think maybe there was more hope for his, his season and he just, I didn't hear much about his road season this year, but he came out and won U23 road. So it's like, is he more talented on the, on the road side, actually? I mean, I don't know. He's got such skill, though. We know his technical skills. We've seen the videos. So it's maybe he is, Zach. I actually hadn't even thought about that because I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, it would be great to see Tebow, not Tim, um, come out and uh and and challenge ellie but i i i don't i don't think he can challenge him no i i think no not ellie was quoted uh i, I read a Vela news article they interviewed ellie and um he said he wants to be 100 percent for the world cups as he's done before so he he know that that's his meth that's what he's gonna do he's gonna come in hot and ellie's gonna and he's gonna win them all in the states that's my prediction so you're you're answering the question that he's gonna be here Okay. Ellie, Ellie is going to be there. So is Toon. Um, they both mentioned in these these brief interviews that they were coming to the states. Well, the Lions um, have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lucinda. <laughs> we know Lucinda is skipping the Worlds to come. So it's yeah. it, when uh, when Trek is one of your two title sponsors. Um, they didn't have a choice when Trek was just their bike sponsor. I think now they really they they don't have a choice. Uh, Lucinda really didn't didn't have a choice. Um, but so here's my, con- my concern, right? Is like, we, we have these first couple months and is whatever it is, what it is. But like, I think the lions versus the sauces have produced the Ezer beef. Uh, you know, we get this speculating about Ailey. It's made it marginally more interesting, but then you look at like what the sauces did. Um, they kept Ryan camp and then Pimron Har left. So Pimron Har won U 23 worlds, but like, you look at his results, it was kind of a fluke. You know, Ryan Camp is clearly the more talented rider. So my, my concern is just like, you know, Lars is here being like, I will be the sidekick. Like, I'm here. This is what I'm going to do. But without like someone who can remotely challenge Ailey, are we just looking at like, you know, him just blowing things out of the water? And, you know, are we kind of investing ourselves in kind of this, this like the Lauren Sweck drama? <laughs> I don't know. I just it. We well, never you. Ne- well, Lauren Swag is never the main character, right? He's he's sort of a side. He does side quests. We enjoy sort of the will he won't he. But are you completely just like you think tone tone is not there? I mean, I, I didn't watch the men's race. I mean, I watched three laps. But like, is he? I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 over interpreting one race, but I think okay. like knowing him, I don't think that he he doesn't like take weeks off. He's not like, hey, I'm going to come into this season really unfit and. Uh, you know, not challenge, but you're right. It, it's one week. Um, so uh, TBD, but I mean, Ailey was on great form. I like, and you just watch him. Like he was just way more aggressive than the other riders just looked good. You know, I think he's still continuing to develop and is very good at cyclocross. The question though, will he be there? I mean, I think for him, right? Like that's, that's, that's the next thing. I feel like it's kind of like a, a similar analogy to some of these riders who like say dominate North American cyclocross, then like kind of the, the, the next level is doing well in Europe. And for him, it's getting results when wow, pitters and Vanderpool are there, I think. 
What about on the on the women's side? Who else raced that? Betsa Mawan. It looks like she's on top form. Was anybody else formidable in that race? So this is one thing I wanted to to to, to talk about. So we, you know, I think to, much to. Um, uh, I, the, the, the way, the thing that dictated how races went last year was Betsma goes out really hard and then everyone struggles to deal with it. Like she did not go out hard. Like she sat in, uh, and I mean, hmm. actually won the race in the last lap. So it came down to her, uh, Anique Van Alpha and, uh, Femme Van, Femme Van Empel. So the, uh, new seven, seven rider, uh, Van Alpha is on seven, seven, seven. Now, uh, she was kind of stuck in a, uh, a sauce sandwich as it were, but you know, Betsima made her move late uh, to win the race and did not do the, the shock and awe as, as I guess Jeremy and, and Marty call it. But I'm kind of wondering if, you know, that was, if we look at our critique of her last year, it was her ability to win races late, right? She was either, she shocked and awed or she made mistakes and kind of faded. And, you know, by faded, I mean, finished third or something, which is just the worst. But I kind of wonder if maybe she's like, Hey, this is a thing I need to work on. Like maybe I won't go out bonanza and try to like win these races late, which she got good practice at. But I mean, to, to underanalyze that, isn't that a, a, a case of who she's racing against as well? I mean, part of the, I think part of the, the strong starts for her is dictated by the high pace that she knows that Lucinda brand and Celine Alvarado. And you know, when, when she's, uh, feeling good and Marie worse are going are going to put out there and maybe she just felt more comfortable that she she had that confidence that she could just sort of sit in and win it late where I don't think she's gonna have that confidence when that full slate is there that's exactly what I was gonna say Bill and I, I think it's I also think it's you know it is it is pretty early and although we're sort of basing a lot of the early season on LA's results. I know that last year, I mean, Anik Van Elfen won this race, Munnebacher got second, and then sort of, you know, they sort of dropped down in the pecking order a bit sort of as the season went on. So it's, it's a, I feel like, yeah, Bill, without some of, some of the bigger hitters there, because we had a lot, eh, except for Wout, Vanderpool, and Pitters, we had most of the hitters in the men's race. I think we're mi- missing some of the women's race. So we'll be curious to see, you know, how that plays out. Um, no, this was very much, I mean, it was, it was a, a, a weaker field, but I think it's also kind of giving us a look at, I mean, there's gotta be some competition among these young Dutch women. There's so many of them. And I think that they're kind of competing for their pecking order. Um, you know, we looked at, uh, Van Alpha and I think we had done an analysis of kind of where the U23 women were finishing, uh, you know, vis-a-vis in the elite field, with respect to one another. And she was consistently, I think coming in about fourth. Um, but you know, she does have the ability to bunny hop. Uh, she is strong. Um, you know, and I maybe had a disappointing race at worlds on this new team. I think that, you know, she showed a lot of confidence, uh, Inga van Heiden got out to a fast start, but I think still her Achilles heel was her bike handling cause she crashed and kind of crashed herself out of, uh, the lead group. And I guess the, the interesting one, uh, Yara, our friend Yara on a new team on the, uh, in the Sonic kit. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, like I, she's become like a, a podcast favorite, but she was really disappointed in her finish. She finished fifth, but it just seems like, I don't know, like at a certain point for her, for our friend Yara, like you can't, <laughs> you got to get up there, man. 
<laughs> you got to be in the mix with that that group. Uh, so it seems like there's this disconnect between what she thinks she can do and kind of how she's racing. And it'll be interesting to see if she can kind of put it together where she can race well and be happy with the result instead of like she was visibly pissed off at finishing fifth. Well, one of the interest, an interesting thing here, maybe we can just sort of finish on on this point since we're coming up to an hour, uh, is that part of the reason that these races are taking place and for, for, at least for me, I mean, you guys may think of it differently. I, I always forget that that the Europeans have to qualify for their World Cup selection as well. So this is really important, especially I believe that there. I, I need to. We, I need to do a little research on this, but I believe you know. In the past, it was if you were in the top fifty, you got to race in the World Cup. I think that they have sort of made some cap limits on the amount of team members each federation, each nation can have. So it's no longer just auto bid if you're in that top 50. But I, I, I don't want to, I, I got to go check that rule because I know, but I, I feel like there has been some changes to that, which means that they are fighting for spots. It's just not going to be like everybody that wants to go to the World Cup can go to the World Cup. And this was, uh, emphasized to me, I, I one of the people I reached out to was Jens Adams. I was like, "Hey, you're going to be in the U.S. for the World Cups," and he says, "I don't know. We, you know, we haven't, we don't know what the World Cup selection is. The Belgian Federation hasn't decided yet, which makes sense because they haven't been racing. So th- this is really important for those that do want to go to the U.S. to even, you know, they they have to make the selection if, if they want to 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 do those races. Uh, so that's the uh, that's kind of part of it too. So I think like the Belgian men and the Dutch women, for instance, may, may be fighting for spots for who can uh, make the trip. Right. I mean, you're looking at the, the top 10 at this race. Uh, there's only three people who aren't Dutch and there are six, seventh and eighth. So yeah, there's a lot of competition going on, uh, as we know, in, in with, the, with the Dutch women. Well, and that'll be all season, though. I mean, now that you're mentioning it, maybe this will affect the calculus of who comes to the U.S. Like, I mean, let's say you come to the U.S. and you have points in the World Cup, then do you qualify? I mean, there's a World Cup every single weekend for the entire year starting in the second week of October. Like, that's over half the races, you know? I mean, so I guess it will get... So maybe this will be this will be super interesting, you know, as we're watching this this Dutch Women's Federation developing. And you're right, it's, it's one categorization. There's probably, we were joking that we'll probably see a all Dutch top 10 this season, potentially. I mean, it's going to be kind of fierce battling for those spots, especially because they have the, uh, the limit that was put on basically because the Belgian men, because <laughs> they would have like 17 riders in the top 50 and, uh, they decided to kind of put a cap on it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's a little bit more interesting uh, on the women's side because typically we kind of get into just another generic Belgian territory that we don't necessarily care. But, you know, I think there's a lot to be decided about the career arcs of so many of these young Dutch women where actually it does matter, where you can be invested in kind of the career arc of of these different women and seeing what's going on. And so I think it will create some interest. And then if, if you don't make the first World Cup, then like, how do you qualify? Like, I don't know. It'd be really interesting. Like, is there going to be like a rotating thing? But like you're kind of on the back foot already if you don't qualify right away because there's so few UCI points available to bring it back to where we started. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, 
a lot of them were at Worlds, um, a lot more than than the Americans. And so it also this does this mean that we'll see Lucinda Brand and, and some of these other the bigger hitters actually starting racing soon then, Zach, to get into those qualifying spots for the World Cups? Like is primetime racing next? Or is she in Bill, is she in snowshoe? I don't know. Yikes. So what's gonna happen like this is all very interesting because then she'll, but she'll, she'll be able to coast like those riders will be able to coast on those worlds points. Cause worlds is just worth so many more points right, than right. like a C2 or even a C1. Um, so I think that they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll just take the, the Sonic Khan approach to skipping the U S world cups in 2019. She's like, yeah, I'll just start on the third row or, or the <laughs> second row. Like the American, it was like the Americans will come over. I'll just start on the second row if I have to, whatever. So I checked, I went back, we, we sort of stopped down here for a second. I went back and, and checked the rules just to make sure. And it looks like you are pre-qualified, not auto-qualified, but pre-qualified if you're in the top 50. And then it's up to the Federation discretion if you even go. And then it's uh, 12, 12 per Federation, where I think I don't think that used to be capped at 12. They could bring as many as they want. So that's the 12 riders per nation. Uh, Federation having six pre-qualified riders will select its six best-ranked riders and two riders of its choice. Yeah, okay. Uh, Federation having 11 more pre-qualified riders will select eight of its best-ranked riders and four riders of its choice. So that's 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 what the Belgians are up against. And the Dutch women, probably. All right. I feel like I just killed the podcast there. Maybe we should just end... Guys, can I? There's one other thing that I wanted to ask you, just to to start the season. Can we do this and get yes. your your thoughts on this, and we'll we'll yes. close on that. So, um, so this summer, uh, I went on a date with this this woman who uh, is into cyclocross, and so I kind of got the impression that she really got into cyclocross. She really started watching it in 2019, the Truck Cup, at the World Cup Waterloo, um, and so you know, in in her eyes, like Easterbeat uh, just crushing it, right? Um, and so, uh, she was like, oh, I call him the Ezer beast. And I just started laughing. And this is probably why I didn't go on a second date. Cause like, I just, there's just so much history there. And I was just cracking my shit up. How do you guys feel about the nickname, the Ezer beast? <laughs> it's not bad. It rolls off the tongue, but it, it, it's apparently you didn't like it, Zach. So I feel like no, it's just that there's so something. much. Hi- no, no, no. It's just that there was so much history, and I just like on this show. Like, I mean, Ailey I, is like one I, of the main characters of of the Media Pit podcast. I just don't know if it works. I mean, if you if you're if you are capable, how many beasts do you picture being carried <laughs> off of a course like a rag doll? that's 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 because that's i mean he's an amazing racer we 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 give him a hard time but the the guy is like you know gonna go down with a hall of fame career but that's just the indelible image in my mind and it's sad but of of just a a too cold hypothermic ailey easer beat having to be lifted off of, of the course and just swaddled like a small child. And, and I don't, I don't know how beastly that is more than once too. 
we love we love nicknames. We have this entire lexicon, like this entire like comical lexicon that we've developed. So I mean, I certainly appreciate it on that that yeah. sense. But I think, and that's part of the challenge. I think of like doing this and like having someone like approach you is like really into cross. There's just so much history. And, it's like, good though. I mean, yeah, I know. I love a, it. It's a good. It's a good use of it. I I I'm a little jealous. I mean, it it would have been a great one to come up with. So I yeah. Wait, okay. hold on. What if this is your ender? What if at World Cup Waterloo, Toon wins the race and across the finish line, he rocks the baby? Would that no no? I don't, okay. Did he have a kid? Wait, no, what? you're he's he's rocking Eli the baby. He's rocking him. No. We're done. I, I, I just want to know how many time, how many different ways Michael can, can say Ezer Beats first name before we're done. <laughs> Ellie, <laughs> guys, it's great to be back. <laughs> let's let's end it here. We'll be back next week. We'll have some racing to talk about. See you next week. Hang in there, kid. The Slow Ride Podcast, three idiots who are usually wrong. The Slow Ride Podcast, the titanium of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, it's like if David Vanderpool had a podcast. The Slow Ride Podcast, the Zwift Racing of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, find the real advice. The Slow Ride Podcast, the arrow helmet of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, sport leader coming through. The Slow Ride Podcast, when's Lance gonna sue us? The Slow Ride Podcast, the experts in French cycling. The Slow Ride Podcast. Official Fan Experience Zone on Facebook. The Slow Ride Podcast, the gravel bike of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, both vertically and horizontally compliant. The Slow Ride Podcast. New episodes every Tuesday.